Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Well, we are all together again for our power party. It is Wednesday. Welcome, power partners. This is our informational playground. We call it Star Style, be the star you are. And it is brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. We're your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. So we are striving to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. We want to get you involved. We want you to tap into your source, reach for the stars, and land on them. The miracle moment for today is actually from a source unknown, but I loved it. It says, the most beautiful view is the one I share with you. And I thought that's a, that's a very <laughs> sweet thing because isn't it true? It's not where we are in life so much, but who we're with and the circumstances. I mean, people are what make the world go round. So our show for today, we are going to be discussing... What you do when you have a customer or a client that is a complainer, or even if just a single complaint, no matter who you are, you're always going to have somebody who's not happy with something you do. So how do you deflect that? That's going to come in our second hour. We're going to go into a most scrumptious garden in segment three because uh, we are going to be visiting a dad's garden. So you'll want to listen to that. And then right now, Heather and I are just going to talk about how important it is not to waste your life worrying about things that don't matter, but instead get a grip on the important things and live adventures every day, even if they're just small things. So while we're planning for tomorrow, we're really living in the moment, something that we talk about all the time, because the moment is all we have. You know, we have to celebrate the seconds and 
the days. And then, of course, always have something to look forward to. And we know this time of year with the graduations and Father's Day and birthdays and baby showers and weddings and all these wonderful things that happen, everybody has a lot to look forward to. So, Heather, when we talk about, you know, life is not meant to be wasted living in a state of anxiety or worry or fear that we really got to love life and just treat every day as an adventure. I mean, you and I have had lots of adventures and we started treating life as an adventure when you were a little girl. So let's just talk about what having a life adventure kind of means to you and how we can banish. Yeah, well, you know, actually something today I just kind of felt like uh, things, you know, I was thinking about just stuff that was bugging me, work stuff, and even you're juggling multiple job things and thinking about one of the things I was juggling at the time and just how it brings me no joy when I think it, it makes money but I don't get any happiness out of it. Um, and thinking of those things of why, why I, you know, you should be, you've always said that thing of that, you know, you should wake up in the morning like, oh, God, i got to go to work. Not like, oh, God, i got to go to work. Like, be excited. And exactly. Those are my famous things. things. It's, no like it's, it's everything's in your intention, right? Exactly. Instead of cutting the fat, getting rid of the things that, um, you know, you don't want. If they're not bringing you, kind of this, you know, this epiphany thing, if it's not bringing you any joy, um, why are you doing it? Just as you said, life is so short and we're wasting all this time on the things that we don't care about or that bring us down, that bring us anxiety, bring us stress, then why are we doing these things? So kind of having these things, they have what to do about that situation because it's so much easier of saying, well, you know, it can just, you know, eliminate those things. But sometimes those things, for example, maybe it's with a job that you don't find any pleasure in. You, you, you know, it, it really kind of bugs you. It brings you down. But it was, it's what is making you money at the moment. Um, and it's hard, you know, starting over and all those things. And it can be risky and scary. And so it's kind of been, that brings on another uh, a stress thing. So it's so much easier said than done, I feel, with these things. But, again, as we just need to start taking these moments in our life and really kind of pinpointing what it is. Um, that's going to bring us happiness and joy. And as you mentioned, there's uh, the graduation stuff going on. This is sort of the, the right now, the kickoff to all these kind of start-offs of, of starting fresh, of having these new beginnings. Um, so I think especially for you know, people graduating now, I think this is their opportune you know, moment um, to kind of start you know, with this new happiness and joy and finding, you know, really kind of starting fresh with things. And also, too, you, the obvious things I think that you have always uh, kind of insisted to is that attitude is everything, having a positive outlook. That, um, your, what do you say? Your attitude is altitude or aptitude. Um, you know, positive attitudes, it, it, you know, when you're wearing a smile, it's contagious. Other people feel it. It brings them joy. Um, you know, you're kind of just starting off this, positive thing, it, it, you know, when we get in these negative things, it just brings everything else down in our life. Um, and so, you know, again, I think, you know, our, how we feel about these things is the best. I think when it kind of gets to starting this day with joy and with adventure, and things just in your own home, I think starting first is just, you know, kind of starting the day cleanse. For me, I like, you know, first starting the day light. I love, we always, we spend so much money on candles. I love just having the yeah. smell of so they make your house smell good, plus they're romantic, and there's just something about that flickering light. It's like having a fireplace. Exactly. And I think, you know, it creates that, you know, that ambience, that nice mood for yourself. 
Um, I create the thing that for me, it's like, okay, that's going to set the day off right. Also, another thing for me of sort of uh, getting things this day to kind of start correctly is I hate that feeling of rush. I, I don't know if any people do maybe an adrenaline thing, but for myself, I hate those moments when, you know, you decide to sleep in 10 minutes longer and now, you know, it's this rush of this and this. I like getting up and having some just some meander time before that. I don't have to rush. I can kind of take my time. I can unload the dishes. The things that then that's sort of like I'm easing in the day and not kind of this mad panic into it. Um, and I like to just starting, you know, I'm not a big breakfast person for me. Um, sometimes even coffee, like sometimes I need that coffee, but sometimes there's just too much for me in the morning. So I like starting with just hot water and lemon. And that sort of like is my cleanse, my deep breath for like my insides. I feel that kind of sets me off and almost, you know, that's sort of the first step of kind of getting out these negative thoughts, these negative things and starting with something sort of purifying, uh, I guess you would say, for myself. That's sort of You know, I think that's important, what you're saying, is that you do something for yourself first thing in the morning because that helps us be more grateful. It sets the tone for the day. And, you know, when we feel sustained, then we can help other people feel more empowered and happy. 100%. And, you know, I think um, I think also sort of, you know, with your life adventures, these negative things, we've talked before about, you know, the friends that come into our lives and getting around of toxic friends, uh, people that, um, you know, they, they kind of bring you down. It's surrounding yourself, making these good um, circles to begin with. And I think, too, that also rubs off on what kind of person you are. Sometimes possibly you could be the negative light and so on. So it's kind of that self-reflection I think sometimes we need. Um, as well when we take sort of with, you know, the first steps, the largest steps, and the first cuts, the deepest, um, I think that, um, excuse me, I think that um, when it starts with creating, you know, your friend groups, first you have just kind of creating these positive people around you. And I think also people that you want to look up for, or excuse me, look up for, look up to, um, that's sort of like, you know, with you, I think you're always sort of creating this positive realm, this positive circle around you. And I think that also, usually, you know, that attracts, um, people too, sometimes that are not on as uh, you know greater happiness or you know on this sort of this better level with things. But I think if you're able to sort of be that person of, and sort of having these people around you that are sponging up it, that they aren't sponging too much from you, um, then it sort of people start kind of following other people's uh, leads. The thing about you know being more optimistic or you know taking more risk and like doing the things that make them happy. Um, you have to be careful that things is the people that sometimes you keep around you that um, you know that you want that you know hopefully you know you're bringing up if they have these negative things it can start to bring you down as well. Um, so I think at first you know well you know we've talked first- about this topic quite a bit especially because both of us are in the acting world is. You know, as an acting coach, I've always felt, and even working on sets, directors have always said that it's so much better when you're around people that have more energy because if you're really down, you pull everybody else down with you. So that as a, a coach or as a director, they'd rather have people be more out there and up and, you know, over the top because it's easier to pull people um, up when you're already up and it's easier to get you down if you're an up person. But if you're a down person, it's really hard to get you back up. Now, I want to touch on before when you were asking about, you know, our adventures in life. What did you mean by that? About sort of just taking on uh, life in, in what way of just sort of you're saying like that? Well, a, you know what? I think that there's, 
Yeah, I think that there's a lot of things about adventures. I think that if you look at life as a constant adventure and as if there isn't any problems, you know, there might be challenges, but everything is going to be solvable, then I think that life is going to be a lot happier and stuff for you. So adventures are fun. Problems are not, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right? So everything is in your perspective. So one thing, for example is um, when you, nobody's perfect. You know, I don't believe in perfection. I always tell people strive for excellence, and that's what I try to do because I, I really don't think that there's anything that's perfect unless it's uh, God because how, you know, I mean, gosh, we're just not. So life is just really, um, really too, too short to, um, to kind of stay in negativity. So we just can't get hung up on the things that we can't change. So I I like to say, as again, talking about life's adventures, just if you make a mistake, so what? Move on. Just, you know, just move on with it. And uh, just have fun with everything that you do. So, like, for example, it doesn't have to be, like, when you were in Hawaii, you went skydiving. Well, that was an incredible adventure, right? But when you were also four years old and you were in the hospital, we called that an adventure. And so I guess what I'm looking at is I'm trying to say that what's happening is um, that we we have to look at everything it's in it, our life yes. as, as something it's that happens. It's our perspective. It's the whole, it's the right, whole exactly. view of it. You can take everything, the glass half full, the glass half empty. I think we don't take enough time to do sort of um, self-affirmations, you know, that these, you know, when you're used to just like, I'm the greatest, this, I don't think we tell ourselves that we love ourselves enough. We say, I love you to a lot of people, but it's so rarely that we actually acknowledge ourselves and that we, you know, that we're the ones that really matter with this. And as you said, it's a completely, then our perspective is that either it's something like, oh, I have to go into the doctor today to, I don't know, get a mole removed or something, or it's like, oh, I have to go in the doctor today to get something that's uh, removed from me that's going to help, you know, prolong my life. And this, you know, that pain is only temporary, little things like that, that, as you said, this too shall pass. It's kind of starting, again, instead of making the things more difficult, viewing it as these are the adventures that everything has, it's little hiccups, it's little rainstorms, um, but without that, we can't grow. And I know it can be really difficult. I feel especially this week there's been little things, especially when they uh, go within work or all that kind of stuff, and it's really hard to get into that positive thing of trying to find the, the, the good thing of it or knowing that soon this will pass, so everything will be okay. Um, but you just have to, you know, keep inside that eventually it will and that it's really it's up to you that how you're going to view things and how. And I also think, too, a lot of times, even if something, if it's uh, not exactly a fight, if someone is being uh, malicious, trying to fight with you, if it's something, again, you know, work confrontations, work stress, um, and it's really getting under your skin. And it might be something that maybe your boss or coworkers don't even know um, that it is. But in a way, I, it's sort of that feeling where you feel like they're, they're winning in a way. If you're letting them get to you. So I think it's okay. Allow yourself to have a little bit of a wall of time and then kind of set that limit and then find, you know, take that, uh, uh, what do you always say, the fertilizer or uh, failure and turn it into fertilizer. Take that moment and try to find the positive of it and try to find out, okay, what's your next 
step of action. What are you going to do to change this situation um, so that You know, you are so interesting that you're saying this because uh, just a couple hours ago, I was on another uh, radio show that was called Fraternizing with Fran. And she asked me, she said, you're the most upbeat, positive person I know or something to that effect. You know, how do you keep, how do you do that? And I said, because life is a choice. We can choose to be happy or we can wallow in the mud. (laughs) And and I use those same words because I was watching our pig yesterday wallowing in the mud in when it was uh, really hot out. And it just made me think about how easy it would be for anybody just to say, you know, poor me, I'm going to go eat worms. And I said the same, I actually almost echoed exactly what you said is that, we're all going to make mistakes, and we're all going to screw up. And so just look as, at failure as fertilizer and move on from that. Just move on from that. And remember that everything we do in life is a choice. So we can choose to be angry. We can choose to be revengeful. We, or we can just let go. We can just let go and be who we are. And I think that is, you know, something that is that's actually more important. Um, You know, something else I just wanted to bring out is how important it is to get out of your comfort zone and do something out of the ordinary and explore the opportunities. I know a couple of years ago for my garden article, I had, uh, what was it, my garden article? Every year for my Lombarinda Weekly column, Digging Deep, I kind of challenged the readers to do a couple of things. And one year it was... Explore, experiment, and experience. And I actually think those are three things that we, we could all do that would give us life adventures, right? Explore, exp- uh, experiment, and experience. And in other words, have you ever driven, oh, I know you have, <laughs> I know I have, I, you've been driving and you end up going in the wrong direction. And oh, you're yeah. in the wrong place. But by being sometimes in the wrong place, we sometimes discover a new route or we discover a new store or you discover a new park or a new opportunity or a new something. And so sometimes we have to be wrong to be right. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's what I think. I completely, I think that, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut down. No, 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 you go ahead, go ahead. I know. I think that's always a great way of how new how new beginnings start and new things. Of so many times, you go into the wrong place, and again, it started out as a mistake, but then it turns into a happy mistake and a good learning experience, or maybe a new trick, or maybe again, it it really the rainbow can appear. You just sort of have to stick down that road to see what's going to happen. Right. Right. Well, the, another point to get across is so often. We let um, the blamers and the complainers, and I'm going to be talking about complainers in the next segment, but get us down. People who say mean things, and I have to admit that it doesn't matter uh, who it is or how many positive uh, comments you get in a day. When you get that one negative one, it hurts your feelings. I mean, we're all human, and most people out there are striving to be good people and do the right thing, and so when you get criticized, it hurts. But somehow we have to let that go, and we have to um, attempt not to let people who are mean, cruel, or bullies get to us. I mean, if they're true bullies, then they've got to be stopped. But, you know, we just have to um, not take everybody's words at face value and instead put a smile on our face and give our own faces value. 
as I said, smiles are contagious. And, you know, you use more muscles in your face to frown than you do to smile. And I think, again, that outward look, when you start, you know, that fake it to me, sometimes when you just start smiling, um, you kind of do just start smiling. You do start feeling better. And it affects other people around you. And, again, it can kind of bring up, you know, those people that want to feel negative things to you when they just see some of the positivity that you bring in um, that, that, you know, it, it kind of is contagious and rubs off on them. So it's those things like you have to kind of just keep your head higher than, and not let yourself get to other people's levels. Right, right. And, you know, speaking of the smiles and the wrinkles and the frowns and all of that, laughing is really good for the soul. You know, laughing matters and laughing is for good health. And this is Health Matters and T for Two. Oh, by the way, I'm wearing my T for Two uh, T-shirt today. I love it. Perfect. (laughs) But I think we have to learn to laugh at ourselves and not take ourselves too seriously because life is serious as it is. But if we really take, um, if you, if we really take ourselves too serious, then we are going to be, you know, in big, big trouble. So if you're not finding anything to laugh about, rent a funny movie. Rent something from the Marx Brothers that's from you know, 40 years ago, and you, even it's as slapstick as can be, but you will laugh your bottom off. So, or, you know, or just start laughing, and then the world might laugh with you. Read a funny book. Do something to get yourself laughing. But the most important thing is to look at life as an adventure, and try my three tips of explore, experiment, and then experience. So, Heather, another fun segment. Go ahead and give the websites out. Most definitely, we want you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. And when we come back from break, we are going to talk about how to defray and deflect the complainers in your life. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And you're listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice American Network, and we will be right back. Don't go away. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. 
into your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a life that shines. Well, we hope that you got a few tips to live life to the fullest, live in the moment, celebrate, and most of all, to explore and make life an adventure. Now, we were talking about, in segment one, the blamers and complainers. And, you know, there's a lot of people like that out there. And they haven't really learned how to reframe what's going on. But if you are in any kind of business or you work for somebody, it doesn't matter. Everybody in life, you're always going to have somebody that is going to complain about something. So I was reading a, um, an article by Ron Kaufman. And he actually is a, the founder and chairperson of Up Your Service. I thought it's a great name. And he's written a book that is um, The Path to Delighting Your Customers, Colleagues, and Everyone Else You Meet. And he had some great ideas about handling complaints. And I think we all could benefit from them because... Usually what happens is we get, when somebody gets upset at us or says that we did something wrong or we didn't deliver something, we tend to go into the defensive mode and that doesn't deflect anything because, you know, dealing with a dissatisfied or disgruntled and impossible to please and irrational and irate person isn't anybody's idea of a good time. At least I know it's not mine and I often take it personally when, you know, it's definitely probably nothing to do with anything personal. So you often may seek uh, to bring the interaction to a close as quickly as possible. And sometimes you'll do it on a sour note, but it's not really worth your time and emotional energy to turn what a customer or a client or someone else perceives as a wrong into a right, uh, whether that customer is an end user or is somebody that you are just in a relationship with. So This, what I want to talk about is how to handle very sensitively complaints to help them be a catalyst to improve satisfaction for your clients, your customers, and your friends, and perhaps even in, you know, by doing this to capture some new business. Now, it is a foregone conclusion that despite your best efforts, some of your customers and clients are going to be dissatisfied from time to time. And one complaining customer probably represents many other customers who may have had that same problem but didn't complain. And the ones that don't complain can sometimes be the worst because what they'll do is they badmouth you or your company to their friends or to everybody on the Internet, right? And then they'll take their business elsewhere. So I'm going to talk about how to change uh, the complaints, you know, into something that is more neutral as a business opportunity, but just know that it can work for friendships, etc., in the same way. Because you've probably seen lots of things on, you know, Facebook or Twitter or, or other places on the Internet that are people complaining. And I know with Be The Star You Are, we have an Amazon store where we sell um, brand new books. And every book is absolutely perfect and brand new, and it's shipped to the same day. But it is so amazing. I think, well, it's been a lot of years. We've been doing it for probably, what, 15 years. But every once in a while, we will get somebody 
who gets angry and will give us a bad review because they didn't like the book. Now, we have nothing to do with writing the book, but it's not the book that they thought it was going to be or whatever, and they get angry. So, you know, we've had to learn how to deflect this. I mean, obviously, we're not the writer. We're not the publisher. All we do is ship a book. So it's hard sometimes because you can't help thinking to yourself, is this person crazy? Why are they yelling at me about the contents of the book? They're the ones that ordered the book. They must have read something about it online. And all we are, we are merely the distributor that is supplier. So what do you do? Let's, let's get started from the beginning. You know, when you're talking about customers or clients, sometimes you can transform a customer or client's experience from a negative one to a positive one. And then turn the customer into an evangelist for your organization. You can also use the complaint to gain some really valuable insight into what other people uh, might be thinking about your company. And you can use the input to improve your service. Now, to handle any uh, client complaints in a way that's going to bring satisfaction to everyone involved, you might want to try some of these tactics. And remember that the end is the end result that you're seeking is always a win-win. You know, if somebody loses, then really everybody loses because there's going to be a lot of bad feelings. So always attempt to get a win-win. So first of all, you want to thank the person. You know, you give some positive recognition by saying something right off the bat, like thank you so much for reaching out to let us know how we can improve our satisfaction level with you. Or thank you for contacting us to let us know that, you know, there was an issue or a a problem with this product or service. By showing appreciation for the complaining customer's time, effort, communication, feedback, or suggestions, you are actually elevating them. And you're giving them the the way out in a way to make them feel like, yes, what they have mentioned is valid and it is also valued. So keep in mind that the customer could have simply decided not to do business with you, to go to a competitor instead of contacting you, and they could have just badmouthed you. So by anybody who brings something to your attention, they're actually doing you a service. So we really should think about that in a positive way. Now, the second thing, uh, I already spoke about it momentarily. I said, you know, don't be defensive. It's very easy to get defensive when an angry customer is on the other end of the phone line because you can't see them, you can't read their body language, and a lot of times you don't even know what they're talking about. Now, customers with complaints, they very often will exaggerate their situations and they'll get confused. And yes, they might even lie about how things happened and it's tempting to just say no that's not what happened you are absolutely wrong but you know what that's only going to lead to more issues so don't do that and when you start getting defensive what happens is temperatures on both sides get raised higher and then you end up in kind of a a conflict a battle that is going to be very difficult to resolve you don't have to agree with what the person is saying but you do have to hear them out you do have to acknowledge them you do have to really listen and that's how you can keep the conversation moving in a positive direction so how do you acknowledge what's important to the customer so even if you think that the complaint is unfair there's always something that the customer values 
that your com- your company might not have delivered on. So you want to embrace that value and acknowledge it. So let's just say, for example, I'll just use the Be The Star You Are, um, are the books that we send from the Amazon bookstore. And by the way, you can go to our Amazon bookstore. Just uh, when you go to Amazon, click on Be The Star You Are and or type that in and you can find our bookstore. We have like 300 books and we give them at the lowest prices. But let's just say that uh, although we ship the same day, it takes 20 days for it to get to the customer. And that customer really values speed. So bearing in mind that the customer wants to feel right, what I would probably write in my note to them is, absolutely you deserve quick and efficient service. Or if they say that somebody was rude when they called on the phone, well, you could you could say that you agree that you should be treated with courtesy and respect every time when you call our office from every person. Now, I hope that never happens that anybody's rude in my office, but if it would, I don't think that that is okay. I think everyone needs to be kind. So when you validate what a customer values, you're not necessarily agreeing that the service was slow or that your staff was rude. What you're saying is that we agree with you on what you find important, speed or um, kindness, and what you value. And we want to deliver those aspects to you. So that's very critical to do that. Then the next thing is to explain what you're going to do about it, how the company desires to improve, how you expect to improve. So when you understand what the customer values, you can show what your company does to help them perform well in another area by, let's just say that the order was delivered, you know, got there a day late. So instead, you could say something like, we understand that quick on-time delivery is very important to you and to our customers. And, of course, the, the client will say, yeah, but you failed on my delivery. I mean, it was a day late. Then you could very be very calm all the time. And you could maybe explain what happened. Um, for example, let's see, when it was over Memorial Day, there, you know, the post office doesn't deliver on holidays. So something could be a day late. So you might get somebody upset that their package didn't arrive on that Saturday before Memorial Day when really it was expected on Memorial Day, so it would come the next day. So you could just maybe explain that, you know, this was a holiday, there's no postage that arrives on that day, but we want to reassure you that, you know, we did send it on time and we do want you to have it on time. And, um, you know, we thank you for letting us know uh, that it, it took that long. And you might uh, also, if they're complaining about something more, you may also want to go a step further and let them know that you're going to let everybody that's in the office or your company or, you know, whoever would be appropriate to know, that you're going to let them hear the story of what this customer had. Because when you express the company's desire to improve, you actually start on the path to rebuilding the credibility with the customer. And you also want to then educate your customer. Part of hearing the customer out is answering questions about a specific situation. And you want to provide additional useful information. Uh, If the customer asks a question that you can't answer, you have to say that you're going to find out and you're going to get back in touch. And then you must follow through. 
And then you should contact the customer with answers and provide an interim update, you know, if the process is slow or even if one wasn't requested, it's really good just to keep in touch. And that way you have additional opportunities to say through your actions that you care about this client and that you value their business. Now, you want to contain the problem and that is you really want to make sure that the complainer doesn't go, uh, you know, go all crazy on you in a place where other people are very happy with you because it's just like an apple. If you put a basket of apples and you have one rotten apple at the bottom or in the middle or anywhere, soon it'll rot the whole basket. So if there is a, a problem, you may have to separate things. You don't want it to become you know, a public relations disaster. Uh, your policy might entail something like no matter what our rules or policies we see that your circumstances require flexibility, so we want to handle your special situation carefully. Let's work together to figure out what's best, and then thank them again for reaching out. And whatever the situation is, it's really essential to keep the problem from growing, and only then can you work on diffusing it. Now, if you can't help, uh, you definitely need to apologize. So Even though the customer is not always right, I know there's that thing saying the customer is always right, but even when the customer is not, the customer always does have a point. And it may not be within your power to completely rectify a situation, but you need to uh, try as best as you can or escalate it up the chain of command if you're not the top person. And remember, the customer is always the customer is always the customer is always the customer. So apologize for inconvenience as experience. I'll give you um, a quick example is I was I returned several ink cartridges from my uh, printer to a specific um, office supply place that gives a rebate but it's been a couple of months and I've never received the rebate and when I went to check online it says I didn't deserve any rebate but I have a receipt saying how many I gave them So I called the customer service today because I need to buy some more things, and I just asked if I do have this rebate coming. And at first she said no, and she said, no, no, you have nothing. I looked on the Internet, and I said, well, could you look again because here are my receipts. These are the numbers. I was very calm about it, and sure enough, I have like $40 in rebates coming that the company owes me. So she was really very nice, and then she apologized on behalf of the, on the company. Now, I wasn't complaining. I was just trying to find out information. But, you know, you, it's always about being calm when you do something like this. So what may happen is when there's a problem with somebody, something, a person may ask for a discount or a rebate or some kind of retroactive um, payment or a discount and maybe your company's policy doesn't give these but let them know that you understand why they're frustrated apologize and if at all possible offer to give a some kind of freebie or something that could diffuse any kind of angry situation try to do something that's going to make them just a little bit special like if somebody's trying to use a voucher that is expired, you know, expired yesterday, uh, but, you know, they've been good clients, maybe you can bend the rules a little bit. See what you can do. And then recover from it. Show the customers that you really care, 
that you really feel that your company or that you personally have done everything, ask them what else you might be able to do to help them. And I wouldn't worry about being taken advantage of because usually if the person is a good person, that doesn't really happen. By offering the customer something and explaining that you're doing so as a gesture of goodwill or as a token of appreciation, it goes a long way for mending those breaks. Now, the last thing I just want to talk about is those people that are what we call serial complainers. And, you know, there are some people that they just, they look at everything as their glass half empty. They never have good days. They complain about everything. And no matter what you do, it's not going to be good enough. Now, because they just like to complain. And they complain not so that they can become satisfied, but the key is they're never satisfied. So with them, you have to limit your liability and you have to isolate them, you know, from what's going on. And there's people that are going to gripe about everything. Even if you give it away, they may gripe that what you gave away wasn't, you know, expensive enough. So they're really a drain on customer service providers, but it's important not to let them run all over you uh, once they've proven that they don't want to be helped. So how do you handle them? you got to keep your wits about you. Don't let their lack of bad, you know, their manners, because they have bad manners. Don't let their bad manners bring your manners down. Don't let their bad mood infect yours. And we were talking about this a little bit in segment one. And in advance... Work out when and how you and your colleagues are going to support each other if a serial complainer comes in. So being served by you in tandem with a colleague or two really causes some of these, you know, these complainers and blamers to back down or at least calm down. And finally, just before complainers go, make it clear that you would always genuinely welcome them back and want them to be happy because most people, including these serial complainers, will eventually reflect on their behavior and they might just feel bad or awkward or ashamed or embarrassed. And you want their final memory of you to be powerful, positive, and uplifting. So when you get involved in a tense complaint situation, it can be hard to remember that your customer or client is not your enemy. But of course, we got to remember that our clients and our customers are essential to our business And the reality is we are both on the same side. So your customers expect and want the product and service that you provide, and you want to give it to them in as excellent a fashion as possible. So when you treat complaints as opportunities to build loyalty, then you'll create customers for life, and you will uplift and enhance your company um, in the process. So it can end up being a win-win for everyone. This is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're going to be back in a bit, and we're going to go for a romp in a dad's garden. So don't go away. I have a lot more to come. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. If you'd like to know eight ways to develop strong management skills, successful business owners and managers are precise, they're decisive, and they're clear. Clarity and confidence from a leader creates a feeling of security in followers. 
Weak managers are not respected because often their directions are confusing. So here are eight ways to develop strong management skills. First, be decisive. Even if you're wrong, at least you're moving forward. Second, be involved. Confront issues and handle the problems. Third, encourage change. Constantly be looking for ways to make things better, improved, and different. Fourth, fear not. Never let fear rule, even even though it is there. You can move through it. You can face it. You can conquer it. Fifth, be a fact finder. Seek truth and insist that everyone be honest. Sixth, be a risk taker. The greatest is risk is not taking risks. So the greatest risk is not taking risk. I say that one more time. The greatest risk in life is not taking any risk. So always go out on that limb. And simplify issues. Break down complicated problems into their simplest parts. And finally, number eight, delegate. Find and train competent people. Trust them to do a great job, and they will. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information on getting a coaching or consultation, call 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be The Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestaryouare.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. bethestaryouare.org. Be the lucky star you and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. Believe in yourself and all that you do, and you'll be the star. Well, thank you for staying with me here on Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach and life success coach. We are trying to bring you a life-enhancing program every single week here from 4 to 5 p.m. The show is brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. So make sure to check out Be the Star You Are We are helping so many individuals uh, reach for the stars, learn to read, and also to express themselves. You can visit btsya.org as well as bethestarur.org. And don't forget to tune in to our teen show, Express Yourself Teen Radio, every Tuesday at noon on the Voice America Kids Network. And It's a fantastic show celebrating not only life, but all the different genres of opportunities that young people have uh, for their life and their next chapter. 
So right now we are going to go for a romp in the garden. Recently, I had the privilege of visiting an absolutely stunning garden of one of my acting clients who also is a volunteer with Be The Star You Are. And I, was, I could have just stayed there for hours and hours if I hadn't been under writing deadlines because what they've done is just so spectacular and they're making their own wines. So today the article appeared in the La Mirinda Weekly and I titled it A Dad's Dreams and a Mom's Desire. And um, it, I think that you're going to find it very interesting of what they did. And for more information, if you want to see photos of it, you can go to starstyleradio.com for today's show. Or you could also uh, visit lamarindaweekly.com for 6-17-15 and click on the Digging Deep Gardening with Cynthia Bryan. So two decades ago, this San Francisco family, they made their way across the bridge, the the Bay Bridge, in search of a quiet neighborhood, warm weather, and good schools within easy access of the freeway. At the top of a private drive, Pam's instinct encouraged her to place a bid on the first house she saw. It was a stylish Cape Cod backed up to a hill of majestic oaks with plenty of privacy on three quarters of an acre. When her husband Bob saw the property, though it was overgrown with poison oak, blackberry bushes, and brush, he could visualize the garden of his dreams. Now, together, they envisioned a landscape that would look like it had always existed in nature, albeit with a little help from a professional. They cleared the property of weeds and debris. The deer fencing was erected. New topsoil was delivered. And then the design was executed. Now, first of all, the family wanted a babbling brook that cascaded into a pond. This is what amazed me most. 40 tons, 40 tons, four zero tons of boulders were trucked in from a Napa quarry and lifted by crane over the house since there was no access to the backyard. That's amazing. And when you see these boulders, I mean, we're talking not rocks, we're talking big boulders that you would see on a riverbed, you know, if you were walking in nature. Now, what they did is the stream springs from the top of the hill property It flows over river rocks surrounded by ferns and hillabores and trailing geraniums and grasses and a plethora of lush specimens until it splashes into this pool where friendly koi gather and a turtle named Flash sleeps beneath the water lilies. Now, off the master bedroom, they planted a formal rose garden in the French chateau style bordered by a clipped boxwood hedge. They kept the original brick patio and an outdoor fireplace near the house while creating meandering paths that wind up and down the hill, opening onto unexpected garden rooms. Three spectacular Japanese maples and three madrones anchor the design, offering year-round form, structure, and color. Then they have drifts of hydrangeas and rhododendrons and azaleas and agapanthas and hostas and daisies and carnations and various other grand fillers Uh, are covering the background, as well as crepe myrtle trees, which are glorious uh, every time of the season. You know, they bloom bright in the spring. I mean, in in the spring, they have beautiful uh, green foliage. In the summer, they're blooming with their blossoms. In the fall, they turn red. Their leaves turn this beautiful red. And then in the winter, they're 
their uh, bark is so beautiful. So the the crepe myrtle tree is a wonderful specimen to have in any garden for year-round beauty. Now, Bob is a gardener in the family, and he enjoys experimenting with a variety of specimens. He's created a berry patch with raspberries, blueberries, boysenberries, and blackberries. And around another bin, he grows citrus, including a very healthy kefir lime, plus trees of apple, plum, and fig. And at the top of their hill, he has beans, tomatoes, horseradish, herbs, pumpkins, potatoes, asparagus, and peppers that are thriving. Now, he and his son always have an annual competition with the pumpkins. So they both have their pumpkins growing right now. And they had to be surrounded by uh, some mesh wiring because some little critter was getting to them. Now, an underground spring augments their watering system. Bob's efficient home-built compost bin resides outside the fence, ready to nourish the garden organically. A retired flight attendant, currently enjoying a second career as an actor, I did meet Pam when she worked as an assistant on my TV series, Star Style Live Your Dreams, several years ago, and I've been privileged since to coach her as on-camera talent. So as her second career, she has become an actor. Now, she's also an avid fan of flea markets. And Pam taps into her artistic power, discovering interesting tossed treasures that she creatively displays throughout the plot. She has found so many fun things at these flea markets that it was just so wonderful to walk through her garden because you never knew what you were going to discover. For example... Collimating at the end of the raspberry row, she's placed a 1950s oven, which opens up featuring plants in a pan. Around another turn, she has an old bicycle bearing baskets of pink geraniums. You walk up the path a bit further, and a rusted children's pedal car is stranded on a boulder. She has rock carns are piled on an overhang at the pond. Then there are restful sitting areas and sweet surprises delighting the senses throughout the backyard. But my personal favorite is the mystical gravel and river rock top table that she set with glasses and a bottle of wine reserved for two. And behind that wire fence with twining vines and ivy, ceramic birds perch on a branch and they're all ready to break into song. Now, a few years ago, Bob decided to plant a vineyard. 120 vines of Syrah now grow on a side hill above the stacked stone retaining wall. Roses bloom at the end of each row. Succulents and pots of cacti climb the stairway. Pam's whimsical contribution to the vineyards includes an antique uh, children's tractor parked between the vines and a collection of whirly birds to keep the flying birds from devouring the grapes. Sal Captain of Captain Vineyards helps with the management of the crops while Bob does his own bottling and labeling, and he's won many awards in the process. And last night, I sampled their wine, and oh, it was so delicious. The color of the Syrah was deep, deep, deep purple, almost black, and the flavor, it was just mouthwatering. So the gardens and the vineyards are beautiful. They're bountiful, they're bucolic. It's obvious that Bob and Pam take great pride and joy in their voluptuous, unique garden. And with all the stone, the wood, the water, and the living greenery, this outdoor oasis claims a natural structure and feeling of security and protection. And although they both love San Francisco, they are thrilled that they took that drive through the tunnel 20 years ago to discover their own personal nirvana. Their dream of a secret garden has been realized as they share that view together, toasting Father's Day with a glass of their private label Turtle Crossing wine. 
So that was a wonderful experience. A couple of mid-month reminders. Remember to rotate crops. Don't plant vegetables in the same spot every year. Now's the time to buy summer annuals for containers to add color to your patio. Pinch back your petunias and dahlias to keep them blooming. Raise the blades on lawnmowers, offering more sun protection and moisture retention to your grass. Provide abodes for toads by placing broken clay pots throughout the garden. And by inviting toads into your garden, you're going to be getting insect-free control. Rescue thirsty bees and ladybugs that may be diving into your swimming pool during the heat. Use a net to capture and release because you don't want any unnecessary stings. And help reverse the decline of pollinating insects, honeybees, native bees, birds, bats, and monarch butterflies. Join the Million Pollinator Garden Challenge. You can find that at www.millionpollinatorgardens.org. And beware of ticks hitchhiking in your hair. If you get bit, go to urgent care. I can tell you it was a bad thing. So I salute all the daddies of the world and especially the ones that love to garden and dream. Happy Father's Day, everyone, this coming week. And thank you all for being great listeners and allowing us into your life every week. I really love being here with you, and I know that you can change your life and make your dreams come true. Visit Star Style Productions at star-style.com. Make a donation to Be The Star You Are at bethestarur.org. I hope you feel encouraged, inspired, informed, amused, and motivated. Don't forget to cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every second of your life. And until next week, when we play again in this playground, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan, thanking you from Star Style and encouraging you to be the star you are. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and have a great week. And tune in next week, 4 to 5 on Wednesday. We'll talk then. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. Keep caring. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style. Be the star you are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.